This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom. We go back and forth about films. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and now, after last week's preview episode where we talked about uh, our reactions to the Oscar nominations, I am back uh, with my yearly series going over the Best Picture nominees and what each of the films stands to possibly win uh, for everything that it's nominated for and how it stacks up against the competition. This series will be three episodes long, and each episode i'll go over two or three of the eight best picture nominated films and today on the first part i'll be going over vice black Klansmen, and green book so without further ado let's dive into this what do you say i want you to be my vp i want you you're my vice well george i uh i'm the ceo of a large company I have been Secretary of Defense, and I have been White House Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh However, if we came to a uh, different understanding, I can handle the more mundane. Vice was directed by Adam McKay, and this is his follow-up to his Oscar nominated and winning film, The Big Short. Uh, and he is back with another true story blending uh, comedy, drama, and documentary realism into his film while all bending the genres that he is looking at. Vice is nominated for eight awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor for Christian Bale, Best Supporting Actress for Amy Adams, Best Supporting Actor for Sam Rockwell, Best Director for McKay himself, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, and Best Original Screenplay. So, looking at these eight awards, how does it stack up? How will it fare for for the different uh, categories? And this one movie seems to be getting uh, significantly less praise than The Big Short did, Um That said, I still think it potentially has some interesting categories where it might have a chance to win. Uh, So I guess first, the big one is Best Picture. How does it stack up? This year, we've got eight nominees out of a possible ten, because remember, the Academy will have anywhere between five and ten based on preferential voting uh, during the nomination phase. And so some years there will be eight, some years there'll be nine, some years there'll be ten. This year, unfortunately, we only have eight, which meant there were a few that missed out. That said, Vice is pretty far down on the depth chart. Uh, You have to look at how there there seems to be a a certain front runner with Roma. And if that doesn't go its way, there seems to be a couple other ones battling for that second place if they end up not giving uh, the Best Picture Award to a foreign language film, which is something that has never actually been done before. Um, Vice would probably be in the, the bottom tier of, of actual contenders, uh, along with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, for Best Actor, though, with Christian Bale, this this actually really looks quite promising for him. 
Um, he's always been known to really disappear into his roles, and this is no exception, you know, disappearing under all the prosthetic makeup and weight gain that he did for this. Um, it really looks, it once again highlights his capabilities of an actor. Uh, he's won once before, and that was for The Fighter back in 2011, and surprisingly, that was his first nomination. He's been nominated two more times since then. Um, and this year, uh, eight years after his win for The Fighter, he looks to be uh, one of the front runners. He's right up there with, uh, with Rami Malek for his performance as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, but if they, the Academy decides that there's too much controversy around the film or they just didn't really go for it as much as its ardent supporters are making it out to seem, I think Christian Bale's probably the next person in line. Because after that, it really starts to get confusing, you know. Bradley Cooper, maybe, you know, might he might get votes specifically because of not getting nominated for director, which is something we'll go in on another episode. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, if Green Book really does have a lot of push behind it, you know, he's someone that could potentially move up. He's definitely really beloved in the acting community. He doesn't really play the awards race game, so it's a little bit tough to say. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit, too. But basically, suffice to say, this is a wide open race with the only one being Willem Dafoe, who doesn't really stand a chance. Uh, so Christian Bale does look like he could be, you know, the 1A in this race. Then we've got a uh, supporting actress for Amy Adams. Now, she's a really interesting case because she has been nominated uh, five times before without ever winning, which is shocking considering how great of an actress she is you know you look at what she was nominated for she burst onto the scene with june bug in 2006 and then was in doubt the fighter also with christian bale the master american hustle uh and was completely snubbed for arrival uh a year or two ago i can't remember when that was uh and now she's backing in with vice this could be an interesting race because she might be looked at as the person who has been overlooked in the Academy very often likes to give this sort of quote unquote lifetime achievement award. <clears throat> and she would be someone that is, is ripe for that sort of, uh, win along that because she also turns in quite a powerful performance in this film. Uh, her closest competition certainly seems to be coming from Regina King from if Beale street could talk. Uh, unfortunately I haven't seen that film at the time of this taping, so I cannot comment on, uh, whether her performance has the, the merit behind it, but it seems to be a, a two headed race between, uh, between King and Adams. We'll talk about the favorite on a later episode, but, uh, Stone and Vice really look like they'll probably divvy up their votes, even if one of them seems to come ahead as the, the clear person that the, the studio is pushing for. And I don't think Marina de Tavira uh, has enough of a profile to really make that jump uh, for Roma, because I think they'll be putting all of their weight behind uh, the lead actress, Yelitsa Apricio. Um, so can Amy Adams win? You know what? I... I would probably put more money on her winning than her not losing. 
I wouldn't want to bet a lot of money, but I do think she stands a really strong chance. Um, after that, we we also have uh, Sam Rockwell for supporting actor. I think his nomination came mostly from the fact that after last year's win in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, the Academy members are just still really high on him. Uh, he plays, you know, George W. Bush in this movie, and he certainly does a really solid impression of him. And with the prosthetic nose and upper lip that he wears, he looks like him quite a bit, actually. But he's barely in the movie and it's not even like someone like Sam Elliott in A Star is Born who also has a small part that has a very uh, emotionally heavy part that really shifts the way the film's tone goes. He really doesn't have it, have that happen. You know, he shows up here and there. This is no way, he, he's no way a driving force in the story at all. Not in the sense of uh, the way the story is being told. Obviously, we know George W. Bush is very pivotal to how Dick Cheney is portrayed, um, or, or their actual lives together, that, for that matter. Um, but in this movie, it's not as pivotal. So he really does not stand a chance and is just sort of happy to be there and get the recognition that he sort of, a, a lot of people... Uh, both movie fans and in the industry had won for him for quite a while that he finally got last year for Three Billboards. Uh, for Best Director, for, for Adam McKay, um, this is, you know, once again, just sort of happy to be there uh, sort of things. He has uh, some of the most directing in this film. His, his fingerprints are all over this film especially with uh, with the category we're going to get to after this. Um, but he certainly has a style, and it almost seems like he's repeating a lot of the steps that he took in the big short to, which in my opinion was a, a far greater film. I believe it was my, my number one or number two film of the year that when it came out. And unfortunately, this doesn't hit the same highs as that one did. That said, you know, he really does a great job with this. He, unfortunately, is just going to be way far down on this totem pole um, and, and will not win for this. Now, moving on to the film editing, which I think is an interesting category because odds makers sort of look at it as this film maybe might not be in the running. It looks like uh, another film we're going to talk about is going to be in the front runner position, but I think with all of the editing that it does have in the film, I think it does a great job really helping the pace and moving the story along uh, with some really clever and inventive cuts. Uh, unfortunately, I think what's going to hold it back is more often than not, film editing is one that's closely associated with how the best picture race will turn out. Now, Roma is the front runner, and that's not nominated for film editing so i think it would have to go to one of the next favorite films whether it be black klansman or green book uh or even the favorite would be um so unfortunately i don't think it will win but you know what there could be some alternate world where 
if Black Klansman doesn't get uh, pick up very many wins or any at all, I can definitely see how uh, Vice could could step up and get that award if it ends up also you know getting Amy Adams and Christian Bale. Uh, so that would be quite interesting. Then you have makeup and hairstyling. This is an interesting category because there's only three nominees every year. It has to do with guild rules that I'm not quite sure on why it works that way, but there's only three. Every year, you know, you've got one interesting big makeup movie. Then you have one kind of so-so movie that this is really where it only gets. And then uh, you also have a nominee that from a film that most people have never heard of. Um, in this year, that film is Border, which uh, is a European film. I'm, I'm blanking on, on where it was produced, um, but this is that year. That, the instance for that year. The other one is Mary Queen of Scots, which mostly is uh, makeup put on Margot Robbie and then the hair, of course, because it's being a period piece for, for all those characters. That said, you know, for Vice, you have Christian Bale get turned into the thick neck, bald, uh, pouty Dick Cheney, and they do a marvelous job. I know part of it was done by Bale himself with his weight gain, but there's only so much that can be done where he looks stunningly close to him. Add in some of the more minor things, uh, like um, uh, Sam Rockwell's Bush, and then some of the other actors, where I'm sure, I don't know if every minor actor looks that much like these real people, or I'm just imagining it, whether it be uh, George H.W. Bush or Donald Rumsfeld, or Colin Powell, or Condoleezza Rice, you have some people that look very much like their real-life counterparts, and it is very interesting uh, to see how that all came together. And I definitely think this is the most makeup and hairstyling of the year, so I think this is definitely probably the one surefire win that Vice will get. <clears throat> Lastly is original screenplay, which, uh, you know, there, there's, I, I sort of follow the school of thought that the Best Picture winner will probably win one of the screenplay awards, whatever one it's nominated for, and then the other one will go to uh, the film the Academy wishes they could give the Best Picture award to. Roma is in uh, the same category as Vice, so I think that it might be the front runner. It's also along with Green Book. Uh, which looks like another front runner. So I think it's going to be way too tough for Vice to come through, even if they try to give it to the edgy film, uh, or as I like to call it, the, the Pulp Fiction Award. Uh, you have The Favorite, which really mixes some really dark comedy into their drama. Um, and so that could potentially be a, uh, a scene-stealer uh, way for, to get the award. So at the end of the day, we're looking at, you know, two probable wins with two that they might be in contention for. When we come back, we're going to talk about Black Klansmen. Hello, this is Ron Stallworth calling. Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do you for? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans and Irish, Italians and Chinese. 
but my mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. So now we're going to talk about Spike Lee's film, Black Klansman. This is uh, his sort of return to mainstream success. He sort of spikely flirts in and out with really mainstream, well-received films and much more experimental personal films. This actually seems to be a combination of the two and uh, is doing a, a great job of really marrying uh, Spike Lee's love for being a provocateur with telling a straightforward film that general audiences are able to really latch on to. Uh, this film has um, six nominations, including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Adam Driver, Best Director for Spike Lee, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score, and Best Adapted Screenplay. <clears throat> Looking at all of these nominees, it, Black Klansman sort of stands in the middle of the pack as far as how many nominations it's got, which means that it can either go one or two ways. It can win way more than it, people expect, or it can easily go away empty-handed. Looking at Best Picture, I would have to say that it is probably in the second, maybe top of the third tier crop. You know, you have Roma as the, the runaway favorite. And then I think in the second tier, you have uh, Green Book, possibly A Star is Born, and possibly Black Klansmen uh, battling it out for who might end up getting the second amount of uh, second most amount of votes um depending on how things go for with the other categories i can easily see how it will end up being the second place vote getter obviously we never know these things but you can tell by the amount of support it has in other categories so it will take quite a bit for roma not to win i think if the one thing being the Academy doesn't want to give it to a foreign language film or a black and white film because while they've done it a couple times in recent years, it's still pretty rare. I think Black Klansman might be the biggest beneficiary of that. It's a topical film despite the fact that the mo this movie takes place several decades ago. I think the issues that it raises in regards to racism uh, is very much alive today. So much so that Spike Lee interspersed actual footage from uh, Donald Trump rallies and, and white supremacist rallies uh, into the film, and it did not seem out of place in the slightest. You know, the, the connections were very overt. Spike Lee is rarely one for subtlety, and this is one of his genius moments where his lack of subtlety really worked in the favor of the film. For Best Supporting Actor for Adam Driver, I think this is, you know, him just sort of being happy to be there. Uh, you know, I think Mahershala Ali is looks like to be the front runner. Sam Elliott might come in and steal it. He's a beloved uh, veteran character actor. And I think in the next year after that, you'd probably have Adam Driver and Richard E. Grant in fighting for that position. I think the only way Adam Driver 
will win this award is if Black Klansman is also winning Best Picture. Moving on to Best Director for Spike Lee, I think much like Adam Driver, the only way Lee can win this movie is if there is a monumental failure uh, behind the support of Alfonso Cuaron. I think regardless whether Roma wins Best Picture or not, I think Cuaron is going to win Best Director. I've often, you know, been sort of uh, pounding the drum for Best Picture and Best Director not automatically going to the same film. Uh, But it's really hard to not overstate the importance of Alfonso Cuaron's direction to this being the Best Picture as well. I think Spike Lee does some fantastic work, uh, really, you know, referencing, being self-referential to a lot of his earlier films, um, and whether it's, it's you know, Malcolm X or Do the Right Thing or, or films like that, I think he's done a terrific job sort of, you know, really putting his style on display and showing why he is such a force to be reckoned with. But this really is Quran's to lose, and then after that, you know, I think Spike Lee is probably the the, the runner-up, regardless of what happens, and, and nothing is going to take this away from Quran. Uh, film editing, you know, I was talking about earlier Vice potentially coming in and stealing this. If they don't steal the award, I think this might be Black Klansman's uh, big win of the of the night. And it'll be really interesting to to see how that goes. There's some terrific stuff going on. There's there's two sequences in particular. Uh, the first one early on in the film, there's uh, when they have the uh, the Black Power speaker. I can't remember the character's name off the top of my head. Who uh, the police are worried might radicalize some of the black youth in the town. Uh, there's this you know, very moving speech that he's giving interspersed with close-ups of people in the crowd looking proud and happy and excited to be black, something that these people have not heard for a lot of their times, especially living in a place like Colorado and a very white uh, town and neighborhood. And so it's got some really interesting stuff. And then later on, uh, near the end of the movie, uh, there's some great co- cross-cutting between Harry Belafonte giving this speech talking about uh, lynchings uh, to much younger people and once again showing close-ups of these faces as they listen both with respect to what Belafonte is saying and abject horror. Uh, contrast it with the clan ceremony that's going on You know, you have one side that's saying, be proud to be black, and the other side saying, be proud to be white, and you you realize how much the ideology can be so different, yet having such similar words being said, and I think the editing in that is absolutely terrific. And then there's actually some, you know, dare I say, very close to action sequences in this film as well, despite this being a, a pretty serious drama. So can this win Best Editing? I think it's probably the real front runner with Vice being the one to kind of come behind it. Uh, I don't think Green Book, The Favorite, or Bohemian Rhapsody do enough to really set it apart in that sense. And the last category is Adapted Screenplay. 
as I mentioned earlier, you know, I think this would be the quote unquote pulp fiction race because you don't have uh, Roma in this category. So the front runner automatically becomes who would the Academy wish they could give the best picture award to, but don't because they decide to be a bit safer with it. I definitely think Black Klansman is that one. Um, you know, the Battle of Buster Scruggs didn't really get a higher profile enough reception from the critics. Uh, a Star is Born, I think people are enamored with the performances, both the acting and the, the musical performances, way more than the actual script. Um, and then if Bill Street could talk and can you ever forgive me, just don't really have the push behind it. So this really is Black Klansman's award to lose. So looking at it, they're most likely going to walk away with two wins almost for sure. Um, and you know, there would have to be several other things going in its favor for them to win anymore. Oh yeah. The last one that I didn't really talk about was original score. That's, that's a bit of a, a tough one to really look at. I know Black Panther really has a big push behind it. Um, other than that, I think it's sort of all over the place. I don't think the the score stood out enough from, from Black Klansman. I think actually this year it's a bit of a weaker category. I Love Dogs has some really interesting stuff with the Japanese drumming going on. Um, but I don't think it's prominent enough to, to really separate itself from the pack. Uh, so yeah, Black Klansman, I believe, will only win two awards if, you know, there's a, a huge catastrophe and everything goes up in flames, they could potentially come away with uh, anywhere from one to three others, depending on how, what ends up going their way. When I come back, we're going to talk about Green Book. Yeah. Some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and a deep south? There's gonna be problems. Promise me you're gonna write me a letter. So the last film I'm gonna talk about today is Green Book, which has five nominations, including Best Picture, Best Lead Actor for Viggo Mortensen, Best Supporting Actor for Mahershala Ali, Best Film Editing, and Best Original Screenplay. Now I'm going to preface this by saying Green Book is actually my least favorite of all of the nominated Best Picture films. Uh, I really didn't care for it, so I'm going to do my best to be as objective as possible, but uh, note that when things are coming up to a toss-up, I'm probably not giving the coin flip advantage to Green Book. Looking at Best Picture, it looks like there's a lot of support behind this film. You know, it ended up winning the People's Choice Award at TIFF, uh, which usually ends up going to one of the bigger crowd-pleasing films. Uh, so it doesn't really surprise me that it's in the contention for Best Picture here, as it usually does happen after winning the, the People's Choice Award. Um, Roma, like I've said all episode long, is the absolute favorite for Best Picture, uh, but it really looks like Green Book is going to be right nipping at its heels along with uh, Black Klansman and uh, A Star is Born for that second place finish. Could it possibly sneak in and win Best Picture? 
I hope it doesn't. So, like I said, if I'm doing the coin flip, I think Black Klansman will probably have a better bet than Green Book. More, mostly because both of these films sort of deal with similar subject matters. You know, we've got a bit of a period piece that's happening uh, in, in the, the 60s and 70s, these films respectively, dealing with uh, what it's like to be a black American um, in parts of the country where it's not socially acceptable to be a black American. But I think Black Klansman deals with deals with the subject matter with a lot more dignity and a lot more nuance. It seems like in Green Book that, you know, from one scene to the next, characters' motivations and their treatment of people totally change, which can be a bit frustrating to watch. So, unless the Academy doesn't go for Roma because of the foreign language thing and doesn't go for Black Klansmen because they find the film is too provocative then yes, I do believe that Green Book would have a path for it to win. Uh, moving on to Best Actor, Viggo Mortensen. You know, he's someone that always turns in some very unique performances and someone that I am always excited to see. Uh, he's been uh, nominated twice before, uh, once the first time for Eastern Promises, promises and then again uh, two years ago for captain fantastic both really great performances the academy really likes him or at least the actors guild does even though vigo does not play the game he doesn't pump himself up in the press he doesn't really do the the oscar race interviews and things like that if the studios want to push him he will do it but he will not do it himself which sort of makes him an unlikely person to win because the Academy certainly likes the people that push themselves forward. We talked about uh, Christian Bale being one of the front runners. I think, in my opinion, it's between Bale and, and, and Rami Malek uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, as the real front runners from this, you know, the next tier down would be Bradley Cooper, followed by Mortensen, and then Bringing up the rear will be Willem Dafoe, who I think probably stole a nomination away from Black Klansman's John David Washington, um, in my humble opinion. I haven't seen At Eternity's Gate yet, so I can't fully comment on it. But the fact that it didn't get any other nominations is definitely a little surprising of how it managed to squeak through. Moving on to the next nominee uh, is Mahershala Ali for Supporting Actor. Ali actually won uh, two years ago for Moonlight, and that really seemed like from the get-go that he was destined to win. And once again, Ali sees himself at the forefront of this race, which is really interesting. I think he definitely does a fantastic performance. He does more with the material than Viggo Mortensen does, um, and and certainly shines a bit brighter because of that. He's got some really interesting layers that sadly just are not explored enough in this film and certainly works as a detriment to it. Um, his competition, you know, seems to be all over the place. Adam Driver did not turn out the best performance in the film. That would be Washington, who was snubbed. You know, Sam Elliott, I, if people look at it and say that he didn't, do enough in there. Um, Richard E. Grant, 
well well known on one side of the pond isn't as well known on this side and then sam rockwell who's barely in it and seems to just be coasting on the academy's appreciation from him last year it looks like it's ali's to lose and you know as much as i i love mahershala ali and would love to be able to call him a two-time oscar winning actor um it's a bit unfortunate that it will be for for this film in particular, despite the fact that he does turn in a great performance. Uh, and then we've got film editing next. We talked about all the great things that Black Klansman does, and everything that it does great, I think, Green Book just doesn't do. It's a very by-the-numbers film. The editing is what you would expect. There's no clever twist reveals. Um, it's very one side of the story, then the other side of the story, then back to the other side of the story. And for that, I think it's going to suffer. And, and it really just doesn't stand a chance at all to win best editing. The last one is original screenplay. This is going to be interesting because it's in the same category as both Roma and the favorite. If they decide to go with the best picture front runner, it's obviously Roma. If they decide to go for the more boundary pushing film, I think the front runner for that is the favorite. Can Green Book possibly come in there? Once again, just like best picture, if Roma doesn't get it, sure. I'm not giving the coin flip to them, but I think that could be the one that it goes their way. Uh, so looking at that, you know, we've got one almost assured win with two very much coin flips, those being picture and original screenplay. Uh, I think most likely this film will only walk away with the one award. So there you have it. This is the end of the first episode. We talked about Vice, Black Klansmen, and Green Book. Make sure you stay tuned next week where we're going to dissect more films. Make sure you go to liveandlimbo.com and check out the show notes. I'm going to list all the nominations and which ones I think might win. Um, and make sure you follow the show on Twitter at ContraZoomPod. You can follow me on Twitter at DGAPA. So thank you so much for listening, and I'm hoping you're enjoying this series.